Hello and welcome to Live Full. My name is Joey Schwartz and this show is all about helping followers of Jesus experience the fullness of Jesus. In this episode, we're talking about how to desire the gifts together in power prayer groups. That's where we're going. Let's get started. Before we dive into the content today, as a reminder, if you have questions about spiritual gifts that you'd like to have featured on the show in a future Q&A episode, simply subscribe to our Three Things Thursday newsletter and then submit your question using the link on the newsletter. And we'll be sending that out over the next few weeks. You can do that at caradox.com slash three things. We already have had some really great questions come in and I'd love to hear yours. And as always, thanks for leaving a review, subscribing, rating, sharing with your friends, all the stuff that helps get live full into the ears and hearts of new listeners. We really appreciate you. All right, let's dive into the content for today. We've been talking about charismatic depth, a life of diligently studying the word of God and earnestly desiring the power of God. And in the last episode, I gave you three ways to earnestly desire the higher gifts. Now, that episode focused on how you, as an individual follower of Jesus, can desire the gifts of God. But something that can be easily overlooked in this guidance is the reality that God almost always pours out the spiritual gifts in the context of a praying community. God wants us to desire the gifts together. Because the gifts come from the presence of God and are meant for the people of God, the very best environment to desire and practice the gifts is a praying community. Just think about how God gave the very first spiritual gifts. In Acts chapter 1, after Jesus ascended to the Father, the 12 apostles could have held a Bible study about the Holy Spirit and then sent the rest of the disciples home to pray and pursue and practice the spiritual gifts on their own. But that's not what they did. Acts chapter 2 verse 1 says that when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. They were together. And what were they doing? Acts chapter 1 verse 14 all these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer. See, God sent down fire from heaven and gave the gift of tongues while they were together praying. From the very beginning, he wanted them to know that the gifts came from the giver and the gifts were for the church's good. And so God made it a point to pour out the spirit while his people were praying. And ever since that Pentecost day, God has continued throughout history to fill and renew and manifest his presence when his people devote themselves to prayer. So in this episode, I'm going to give you a vision and a framework for starting or joining a prayer group like this, what I'm calling a power prayer group. I want you to start earnestly desiring the gifts of God with your community by devoting yourself to prayer on a weekly basis at the very least. And this call is not just for those who are charismatics or well-versed or trained in the spiritual gifts. No, no matter where you are, I want you to dive into a power prayer group, desiring the gifts by devoting yourself to prayer together. Now, before we go into this content, let me give a word of encouragement for the season we find ourselves in. I typically try to record these episodes so that they are timeless and could be listened to any season, any year. But I feel burdened by the spirit that this episode is especially pressing for this moment in the church. I'm releasing this on August 2nd, 2020, which means we're right in the thick of COVID-19. 
So whether you've been on one end of the spectrum facing fear and anxiety around contracting the virus or on the other end, sitting back and relaxed and believing that the whole thing is a hoax, or maybe you're somewhere in between, we can all agree, whether we like it or not, that the societal ramifications of COVID-19 have created space for us as believers. By sweeping away entertainment options like concerts and theaters and sports and parties and events, the things that used to fill our evenings and weekends, the Lord has mandated a kind of forced margin for his children. So I want to ask you, how have you been using the space of this season? In my conversations with so many believers, and I get it because I've certainly experienced this several times through this season, the space is making us weary. We're worn out and exhausted by this seemingly endless season of space. And truth be told, many of us just want to fall asleep on this whole thing and have God just wake us up when it's all over. But what if God wants to use this space to wake us up? What if our spiritual weariness is not caused by this season, but exposed by this season? As the clutter of life has been swept away from the closet of our hearts, we're discovering the cobwebs of apathy that were in the corners all along. Let me read Isaiah 40 verses 28 through 31. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You see, God knows that you are weary. He knows that you're falling exhausted. He knows that you are faint. And in the midst of your dark, ongoing fatigue, the inexhaustible God gives a bright promise of hope. What is the solution to your exposed weariness? They who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. And remember from the last episode, what does it mean to wait? Waiting means praying. You see, I think Satan sits back content with much of what we're doing with the space. When we spend the extra time given to us in the absence of public entertainment to simply add another show to the queue, Satan smiles. When we use the space to scroll through our social media feed so that we can envy how other people are using the space, Satan is pleased. And when we use the space to devote ourselves, not to prayer, but to the news cycle, and feed our angst, and debate, and argue, and write, and read long Facebook rants about the legitimacy of the pandemic that caused the space, I think Satan laughs. But when God's people pray, Satan trembles. Prayer gets his attention, because he knows that prayer gets God's attention. Satan knows that if we use the space to wait and pray and cry out to God in our weariness, then God will use the space to make us mount up on wings like eagles, to run through this season and not be weary, to walk through this season and not faint, and then to come out the other side, not merely having survived, but having been sanctified. 
If we do not use the extra space to devote ourselves to steadfast prayer, then we are squandering the space. But if we will use some of the extra space to demonstrate our desperation for God through devotion to prayer, then perhaps God may shake the upper room. Perhaps he will use a season of pandemic to pour out his power on today's church more than ever. So right here, I'm going to give you some steps to get started in the waiting. How do you get started with a power prayer group? I'm going to give you some guidance by walking through a definition for power prayer groups, a design for how to guide them, and then next episode, we're going to cover some dangers to watch out for. Let's dive in. Okay, let's start with a definition. What is a power prayer group? It's a prayer group that desires the gifts in desperation for God and his glory. Let me say that again. A power prayer group desires the gifts in desperation for God and his glory. Notice a couple of points in this definition. First, it's a prayer group that desires the gifts in desperation for God and his glory, not a prayer group just for desiring the gifts. While the pursuit of the gifts should be integral to the group's prayers, it shouldn't be the sole focus. It's a fine distinction because remember, the spiritual gifts are not something that God gives us separate from his presence. The spiritual gifts are manifestations of the Spirit's presence. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 and 14, 12. But the reason why I would avoid having the spiritual gifts as the sole focus of your prayer time is that such a narrow pursuit can make you lose touch with the reason for the gifts, to fill you with God's presence and to build up God's people for the glory of God's name. Another way of saying this, if receiving prophecy or tongues or healing power is the only purpose of your prayer time, then you're missing out on the purpose of the gifts. If you are really following the Spirit together in prayer, you will pray for God's kingdom to come in every way, not only through signs and wonders, yes, but also through the holiness of God's people, through the salvation of the lost, and through the raising up of laborers in the harvest of the unreached. If you're really following the Spirit together in prayer, you'll pray like the early church did, asking God to fill you with boldness and, yes, to stretch out His hands with signs and wonders. Why? so that the precious name of Jesus may spread throughout your church and city and nation, Acts 4.30. If you're really following the Spirit together in prayer, you will ask for more of Jesus in your life and in the lives of those around you, no matter what it costs, whether it means walking with the resurrection power of your King or the cross-bearing sacrifice of your Savior, Philippians 3, verses 10 through 11. So it all comes down to this. Be desperate for God and be desperate for his glory and let your desire for the gifts be fueled by that desperation. But second, notice that I said a prayer group that desires the gifts, not a prayer group that is open to the gifts. Since the scriptures tell us to earnestly desire the higher gifts, we should do so without shame. 
So do not hear me wrong. Jesus is pleased whenever we believe enough in his generosity to ask specifically for the power of prophecy and tongues and healings and signs and wonders so that his name may be glorified through it all. So while you should ask for more than the gifts of the Spirit, you certainly shouldn't ask for less. A power prayer group should be a safe context where you shamelessly ask God to pour out the same power that fell at Pentecost, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Don't merely allow the Spirit to come. Don't set up a false dichotomy between the glory of God and the giving of gifts, or a false dichotomy between the holiness of the church and Holy Spirit power. That separation is nowhere to be found in the scriptures. God is exalted through his wonders, and the church is made holy when the whole body is working properly and exercising their gifts. It's Ephesians 4 verses 11 through 16. So don't merely allow the Spirit to come. Ask for him. That's our guiding definition. A power prayer group desires the gifts in desperation for God and his glory. So we've covered a definition. Now let's talk about a design. How do we structure a power prayer group? Depending on your personality, that word structure may make you uncomfortable, especially since we're talking about the Holy Spirit. Why would we need structure? Shouldn't we just start praying and let the Spirit take the lead? Well, yes, of course. A power prayer group is committed above all to following the Spirit, not their structure. They're not just open to the Spirit calling an audible. They want Him to show up with such power that He becomes the prayer group leader. At the same time, in my own experience with facilitating prayer groups, I found it helpful to come in with a loose, open-handed design or a plan for the structure of the prayer time. And as you'll see, the structure is not a way of stifling the leadership of the Spirit. Rather, the structure is a way of providing the space needed for us to hear His voice. Now, this design is very simple. It's broken into three parts. Celebrate, seek, and serve. I'll say that again. Celebrate, seek, and serve. Start off your power prayer group with a time of celebration. Looking back on the previous week to praise God for answered prayers and recount his powerful works throughout the week. If you're facilitating the prayer group, lead this section with a really simple question. Where did you see answers to prayer and signs of God's power this past week? Where did you see answers to prayer and signs of God's power this past week? And then simply let your group recount the deeds of the Lord. This part of the design is accomplishing a few things. First, it ensures that your group is not compartmentalizing devotion to God or the pursuit of the spiritual gifts to a prayer night, but instead seeing a power prayer group as a part of a life of following the Spirit. When we talk about how we saw God working throughout the week, it's a reminder that His power and presence and gifts are for all of life, at work, in our families, in our neighborhoods, in our hobbies, and not just for a fervent night of prayer. Now, secondly, celebrating answered prayer cultivates a heart of thanksgiving among members of the group. We do not want to be like the nine lepers who asked Jesus for healing with desperation and then went on their merry way when he actually did it. We want to be like the one leper who ran with desperation back to Jesus, falling at his feet and praising his name. To be faithful stewards 
of answered prayer, we must have a time of ongoing celebration. And then third, celebrating what God did makes us expectant for what he will do. The more we talk about Christ's power in our lives, the more we will be awakened out of our apathy to expect much of the living God. That's the first part of the design, celebrate. The second part is seek. Seek God's face. This is called a power prayer group for a reason. Most of your time together should be devoted to prayer. Now, a few points here. From the get-go, make it an expectation that everyone has their Bibles open throughout the entire duration of prayer. The Word of God is the firewood for fervent prayer. Because there's no better way to pray than to speak God's words right back to Him. The more that the group gets into the habit of praying the will of God as revealed in His Word, the more your group will come to God with bold confidence in their requests. Why? Because 1 John 5 verses 14 through 15 say, And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. Confidence in prayer comes from praying the will of God. But we also need to have our Bibles open, not just for deciding what we will say to God, but for discerning what God is saying to us. As we listen for the Holy Spirit's voice, keeping the Bible before us ensures that we will hold all things up to the perfect litmus test of God's Word. Now allow me to go on a really quick rabbit trail. Most of our Bible studies and small groups in the West are mainly focused on discussion around sermon material or around the Bible. And then prayer, devoted time of prayer, is pushed to the margins, maybe three or five minutes at the very end. I wonder what transformation would happen in our churches if we flipped the script. What if the majority of our time together was spent devoted to God in prayer? With our Bibles open, what if even our Bible study was done on our knees? I have a feeling that that time spent beholding the face of God and the glory of God would transform us into the same image, one degree of glory after another. All right, back out of my rabbit trail. Another word of advice when we're talking about power prayer groups, and I've already mentioned this, but I find it helpful to have a facilitator guide the prayer time. The facilitator's job is to stir and to steer the group. To stir and to steer. In other words, to exhort the group toward expectant prayer and then to provide some guidance about what to pray. To stir and to steer. But not to preach a sermon. We're going to get into some more dangers to avoid in the next episode, but Here's one. If you're facilitating the prayer group, be careful not to rob time of prayer with an extended exhortation. There's a time and place for that, but a power prayer group is not the space. Instead, in just a minute or two, go to the scriptures and then help your brothers and sisters in the room who you can just assume are probably weary and tired. Help them to believe that God really can move among you. Lay down just enough firewood to spark fervent prayer. And then, instead of an extended exhortation, guide them into extended prayer. The way that I try to facilitate prayer groups is to use scripture to send the group into a time of prayer. And then after some time, I'll reel it back in, 
read another scripture, give brief instructions, a sentence or two, and then send it back out. I'm trying to minimize instruction and maximize prayer. And sometimes I have a general idea of the scriptures I want to use during the prayer time, but most of the time I try to listen to the spirit as I'm praying and sense where he's leading us and what scripture he wants us to pray. Now, I should mention that at the beginning of facilitating a prayer time, I'll always tell the group that everyone in the room should be attentive to the spirit. And if they feel led to speak up and guide the group in a different direction, this is key because the facilitator is not the spirit-filled guru who is teaching everyone else how to follow the spirit. The whole group is filled with the spirit and therefore everyone should be attentive to his leadership. In general, if you're facilitating, try to mix in different kinds of prayer. Mix in worship prayer and communion prayer and confession prayer, intercession, asking and listening. If you want to read a little bit more about those categories that I just mentioned, I know I just went through them pretty fast. You can find those on our 3 to 30 prayer program at caradox.com slash 3 to 30. But for the purpose of a power prayer group where we are desiring the gifts in desperation for God and his glory, I want to especially encourage you to make time for listening prayer. If you're brand new to this, ask the Holy Spirit to speak to your group and then spend 10 minutes at a minimum in silence, just listening to his voice and discerning what he has to say. One more note on this part of the design, seeking. And this could be more guidance than you prefer, but my approach is always to give you more practical help than you probably need and then let you decide what's actually helpful. So depending on the size of the group, I will either have the group pray all together or in smaller groups of three or four. Generally, as a rule of thumb, if the group is larger than eight people, I'll opt to break it up into three groups of three instead of praying all together. But even if I break the group up into smaller groups, I like to start out the time of prayer by having everyone pray out loud all at once. And the reason I do this is not just to create commotion. It, it gives everyone the opportunity to go right to God, to break the ice with him and talk to him. It ensures that everyone in the room starts out the time of prayer by coming face to face with God through Christ. And the other section that I typically like to do all together, even if it's a larger group, is the final component, serve. But before we get there, let's recap what we've said so far. The first part of the design is to celebrate recount answered prayers and God's works throughout the week. And then second, seek. Spend most of your time together doing what a prayer group should do, which is to pray. And now the third part of the design, serve. When I say serve, I'm using the language of 1 Peter 4 verses 10 through 11. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Paul, in essence, said the same thing in 1 Corinthians 12 or 7. To each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. God gives us spiritual gifts so that we can serve one another and build one another up. So this part of the design, serve, is a devoted time to practicing the spiritual gifts for the building up of the body. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 26, What then, brothers, when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. 
Let all things be done for building up. What does this mean? Every single believer who comes to the Power Prayer Group has something to contribute to build up others. So with this component, serve, you're blocking out, say, 20 minutes for the members of the prayer group to encourage one another with scripture, a word of prophecy, a hymn, a miracle of healing, a word of knowledge, or the discernment of spirits. A church service was never meant to be a fine-tuned product created by a few gifted members for the rest of the body to consume. A church service is something that the whole body of Christ does. Every member is gifted by the Spirit to contribute, not just consume, to contribute something that will help other members grow into the fullness of Christ. So you want to give space for the members of your group to engage in risk-taking service for one another, listening to the Spirit and then obeying Him by doing what He says. Now, one point on this, depending on the makeup of your group, it may be helpful to start out your power prayer group by walking through some teaching on the spiritual gifts. My current recommendation is Practicing the Power by Sam Storms. You can add on to that, Surprised by the Voice of God by Jack Deere. All of this reading you should be doing, by the way, while studying the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation, and especially focusing on the scriptural guidance around the spiritual gifts. Now, the reason that you should start out with some teaching outside of the group is because you want to have some common ground and common language as you receive and walk in the gifts. So if, for example, Sarah says, I think I have a prophetic word to give to John, then the group should have a basic understanding of what Sarah is talking about when she says that she has a prophetic word. And you cannot assume that people have a good and biblical understanding of the spiritual gifts. So if you're kicking off a power prayer group, a good way to do this is to read a book together outside of that time of prayer. And as you have new people join the group, have members of the group walk through that book with them. And alongside all of this, just continue to weave sound biblical teaching on the gifts into your time of prayer. As you're facilitating the prayer or facilitating the time of service, remind people of the biblical definition of spiritual gifts and the biblical parameters of how we ought to use them in a way that glorifies Christ. In the next episode, I'm going to get into some more detail about best practices for the time of service. But for now, I'll say this. A power prayer group should be a safe place for believers to fall on the side of faith. What do I mean? In the West, we are swimming in the seas of agnostic skepticism and rationalism. And as believers in the West, no matter what your church background is, we are far more affected by a cultural presupposition of doubt than we realize. So a power prayer group should be a place where believers can freely fall on the side of faith instead of skepticism. This is what this means. If they believe that the Spirit has something for them to say or do in the group, and it is in line with the character of God as revealed in the scriptures, then the power prayer group should be a refuge of faith-filled risk-taking that they can speak up or stretch out their hand or pray in a tongue. And guess what? If it isn't from God, the Holy Spirit will either use scripture or the other members of the group to check that impression or prophetic word. But I would rather expect much of God and have God reign in my faith-fueled assumptions then sit in the shallows of skepticism. The Gospels reveal a God who is delightfully pleased with those who assumed he could do all things. 
Skeptics will maybe say that this is a way of faking it till you make it. But when we're looking through a biblical lens, what's actually fake is a world in which God rarely moves. The real world, the world of the scriptures, is a world in which the living God interacts with his people through gifts and dreams and visions. A world where Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The choice to fall on the side of faith is the decision to see God the way the Bible reveals him. Now, typically we do some action steps to help you apply the content, but this episode isn't quite over yet. We're going to continue next week with some dangers to avoid in power prayer groups. And at the end of that episode, I'll provide some action steps to help you get started. But for now, let's recap. We've been talking about using power prayer groups to desire the gifts of God together. We walked through a definition and a design for these groups. What is a power prayer group? A group that desires the gifts in desperation for God and his glory. The ultimate goal is the presence and praise of God. But in the pursuit of those chief ends, we shamelessly ask for the power of God. And we walk through a design. Celebrate, seek, and serve. Celebrate what God has done. Seek God through expectant prayer. And then serve one another by practicing the spiritual gifts. By the way, if you're looking for an idea of how to best split up the time of a power prayer group, I'd recommend 20 minutes on celebrating 50 minutes on seeking, and 20 minutes on serving. Of course, listen, the hope is that the Holy Spirit comes in power and leads you well beyond an hour and a half together and interrupts your time frame. But again, it's helpful to come in with some structure, mainly just to ensure that you're spending the bulk of your time devoted in prayer. That's all for this episode. Next episode, we'll cover some dangers to avoid in power prayer groups, and then we'll help you get started. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening to this episode of Live Full, where our mission is to help followers of Jesus experience the fullness of Jesus. You can find articles, devotionals, resources, and podcast notes at caradox.com. And to stay updated on everything we release, sign up for our Three Things Thursday newsletter at caradox.com slash three things. Thanks to Charlie King for creating the music for this podcast. Thanks to our Caradox partners at Patreon for making this ministry possible. And to all of our listeners, thank you. This show exists for you. So thank you for listening and reviewing and spreading the word. Until next time, give your all to know and love and experience the fullness of Jesus. Because life to the full is life in Christ.